Preventative Medicine for Psychological Health. You're listening to Psychologically Speaking, a podcast for anyone interested in understanding how psychology applies to everyday life. Welcome. I am your host, Dawn Brinkley. And whether you're a student, an educator, or a lifelong learner, I think you'll find this podcast to be educational as well as entertaining. I'm so excited you're hanging out with me today. Hello, 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 everyone. It has been a while, and I'm so excited to be back. I was really, really busy taking care of work things, you know, the job that actually pays the bills. (laughs) And I'm learning to be more compassionate and kind to myself. And so I couldn't put too much on myself, but I really, really missed you all. And I am so excited to be back and doing this thing that I like to do so much. And I'm also excited for new things that are coming my way, happening in my life and just hoping to get an opportunity to spread some joy and light um, to you guys and to the world. So with that, let's get started. Today's psychology myth or science topic, resilience, which is the ability to cope with stress and recover from adversity, is an essential factor in preventing psychological disorders. What do you think? Considering how common psychological disorders are in our society, do you think there is evidence that resilience is a critical component in preventing psychological disorders? You'll have to stick around to find out. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Actually, it was only part of myself I wanted to kill. The part that wanted to kill herself, that dragged me into the suicide debate and made every window, kitchen implement, and subway station a rehearsal for tragedy. Crazy isn't being broken or swallowing a dark secret. It's you or me amplified. If you ever told a lie and enjoyed it, If you ever wished you could be a child forever. These are the words of author Susanna Kaysen. In 1967, after a session with a psychiatrist she had never seen before, Susanna was put in a taxi and driven away to McLean Hospital. She spent the next two years on the ward for teenage girls in this hospital known for its famous clientele and progressive methods of treatment. She admitted, she was talked into admitting herself (laughs) into this hospital. She had only met with this therapist one time. She had drank, um, she drank some vodka and pills, so mixed pills and drinking vodka. And after this one visit, the psychiatrist decided, you know what, you need to check yourself into a mental hospital. She was okay with that. She spent the next 18 months there and she learned a lot about herself at this time 
But if you've never, or during this time, if you've never read her book, Girl Interrupted, I highly recommend it. If you've never seen the film, I highly recommend that as well. But I am always a big proponent of the author's telling of their own story. And so I much prefer the book. The author herself much prefers <laughs> the book. She's not critical of the film. She just says it's kind of foreign to her and it was a little strange to see her life depicted in that manner but the actresses in this film version of the book are great Winona Ryder portrays um she portrays Susanna Angelita Jolie is in this film um I believe it's Brittany Murphy Whoopi Goldberg does a great job in this film so again I highly recommend because it is based on her personal account, Susanna's personal account. But this brings to question how the world views mental health and psychological disorders. I want to talk in this episode a little bit about, first I wanted to talk about what abnormal behavior is. So how do we distinguish normal behavior from abnormal behavior? And then I'll talk a little bit about preventive mental health. That's kind of foreign to some people. As a matter of fact, I only, so far, I've only come across one psychologist in my readings that talks about preventive mental health. There's an idea in the healthcare fields of preventative medicine, of course, but I rarely ever see it in the context of mental health. What, um, let's see. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase psychological disorders? Psychological disorders, of course, are personal. I always warn my students when I give this lecture on psychological disorders, you discuss whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, but please, please, please do not take this opportunity to try and self-diagnose, which is why I wanted to talk a little bit about normal versus abnormal behavior because of course we there's always a few of us that we magnify things and there's nothing wrong with that because we're overly aware we're already overly <laughs> sensitive and that that's fine but we want to be cautious and we want to be careful so statistics indicate that almost 50% of the population will have a psychological disorder at some point in our lives, meaning that many of us will experience the pain and confusion related to mental illness personally or through friends and family members. But just how do we distinguish normal behavior from abnormal behavior? Abnormal behavior is behavior that is described as statistically unusual or atypical. So these are behaviors that are relatively infrequent or are atypical of the general population. It's also been described as behavior that is deviant, maladaptive, or personally distressful over a long period of time. Psychological disorders are patterns of thoughts, feelings, or actions that are deviant, distressful, and dysfunctional. Keep in mind that 
as I mentioned, it's okay. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to feel off on occasion. It's when these things become disruptive to your everyday life, when they become personally distressful to you, or they become, say, harmful to yourself or others. Mental illness was originally thought to be driven by unexplained instances, things such as movements of the stars, maybe related to godlike powers and even evil spirits. So at one point they would drill holes in people's skulls as a way to release those evil spirits. If you heard the term, the devil made him do it, that has some connection to the whole idea that these evil spirits were trapped inside of our bodies and needed to be released. The medical model of treating psychological disorders views mental illness as a type of psychopathology that needs to be diagnosed based on symptoms and treated using therapy, including maybe even time in a psychiatric hospital. However, there is another viewpoint. So viewing psychological disorders as medical health problems, it does allow us to interpret and understand responses to these events. And it's good because it gives us the idea that these are not just things that people make up. This is something real. These are things that people actually experience. But if we interpret these understandable responses as being in response to a stressful society, in this way we can view mental disturbances as it not only being the person that requires treatment, but also their situation or social context. So in this way, we focus on preventing mental health problems by fixing a sick situation and developing people's coping skills instead of just sitting and waiting for mental illness to happen because it is so prevalent. The river story is a common way to describe prevention in general. The story is often called the upstream story. It highlights the need to address the root causes of a health problem. Psychologist David Myers refers to this story in describing preventive mental health care as what he says is upstream work. The story goes as follows. After rescuing one person from a rushing river, the rescuer spots another struggling person and pulls that person out too. After repeating the rescue scenario about a half dozen times, the rescuer turns to run away as more people continue to get swept away. A bystander yells out, hey, where are you going? Aren't you going to rescue the others that need help too? The rescuer yells out, heck no, I'm going to go upstream and find out what's causing all of these people to fall in. Preventative mental health care seeks to prevent mental health issues by getting rid of the social conditions related to mental health. Things like poverty, 
mundane work, so engaging in work that's not meaningful to you. Racism, sexism, constant criticism. All of these things can undermine people's sense of self-efficacy, confidence, and personal control. Exposure to stressors such as these increases the risk of things like depression, alcohol use, and suicide. Preventing psychological problems then begins with eliminating stressful situations and empowering people who experience learned helplessness. We can also eliminate environments that breed social isolation. Think about what happened over the last year. Many of us, all of us, were forced into social isolation. But there was also an upside to that. It brought many of us closer to our families, to our friends. We found more creative ways to connect. We found reasons to reach out to people that we hadn't talked to or heard from in years. And so it brought that social, much needed social element to our lives that many of us might have been missing. So if we can create these environments that um, breed social participation, social engagement, as opposed to social isolation. So continue those social things that we started. The An upside to the pandemic, although it might be weird to say, was that it brought a much needed light spotlight onto the problems of mental health and the inequalities for several people as it relates to mental health. Mental health prevention is about implementing lifestyle changes such as improving family relationships, enhancing parenting skills, and instilling a sense of purpose and meaning in life. Community psychologists are mindful of how people interact with their environment and they focus on creating environments that support psychological health. Lifestyle change can also build resilience, which is this personal strength that helps us grow and cope with stress and recover from adversity and even trauma. So there are studies where people, um, cancer survivors, they even have like what's referred to as a um, post-traumatic, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of what you call it right now, but it's this positive outlook that they have after going through this um, ordeal. And so they learn to appreciate life more. They live the adage of tomorrow is not promised because they, they realize how precious life has been after going through this experience and it makes them more resilient when adverse things do come their way. Martin Seligman's Positive Psychology teaches us, so this is a page right out of Seligman's book, he teaches us that we can find a silver lining. So this field of positive psychology says that we can find a silver lining in even the worst of our experiences. And when we 
focus on those silver linings, not only do we appreciate life more, but we protect ourselves from possibly negative things. So rather than tear us down and tear us apart, when we experience things that might manifest as something that could develop into depression, our minds don't go there because we're better equipped, we're better prepared for handling it. This brings us to today's psychology myth or science topic. Resilience is an important factor in preventing psychological disorders. And I'm sure you can tell by now that that is a science topic. There is a body of work, a large body of work in positive psychology related to, and other fields of psychology related to resilience that says that it can be a very critical factor in just um, protecting our minds, protecting our self, our sense of self, and holding us together when we face adverse situations. Consider this. Although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of overcoming it. Helen Keller. We can help avoid the rushing river of psychological disorders by providing a sense of community, encouraging personal growth, and implementing lifestyle changes that promote mental health. So I encourage you to engage in these things and seek to make the world a better place. Um, again, bring, bring that light. Do your best to bring that light and send it forth. That concludes this episode of Psychologically Speaking. Be sure to visit my blog at drbemindful.com for some useful self-help tips and highlights of the podcast episodes. Invite a friend to listen. I welcome your suggestions and feedback at dawnb at drbemindful.com or you can post them using the contact me link on the blog. As always, Thanks for hanging out with me today. I've missed you guys. Take care.